Welcome to the My Risk Advisor podcast. This podcast is for anyone in the Australian financial planning ecosystem with a focus on life risk insurance. Whether you're a seasoned advisor or just starting out, I think you'll get heaps of value out of this podcast. I'm your host, Phil Thompson, and I'm a life risk insurance specialist, and you're listening to My Risk Advisor. Hey there, welcome to the My Risk Advisor podcast. Today, I've got Vin Scully and we sit down and have a chat about step premiums or level premiums and it's a bit of a fiery chat and we get into a little bit of an argument. We go around in circles a few times but it's a good, robust discussion about the kind of ways of thinking about recommending step premiums or level premiums and what are the pros and cons for both. So before we get started, we can't do this podcast without the help of Zurich and OnePath. So I want to start by saying thank you. Zurich and OnePath are your partners in life and are also proud supporters of the My Risk Advisor podcast. Thanks, Vince, for joining me. So first of all, let's just get started. For those of you who don't know you, who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? I'm Vince Scully, and I'm the founder of Life Sherpa, Australia's most affordable financial advice service. And I'm what some people would call a veteran of the industry. Um, I've been financial advising for a very long time and moved from a very high-end retiree client base to a young accumulated client base who's are um, you know, generally low balances accumulators and we help them with home loans, insurance, super investment so you went from uh, an easy business charging old people with lots of money, a whole bunch of money for financial advice and moved into a very difficult business of um, low fees, low balances. What was, the, what was the reason you moved from, yeah, you transitioned? Yeah, that's, I mean, I sold my previous advice business in December 2007. So think about what was happening in December 2007 timing. to Mark Boris. So... That became Yellow Brick Road Investment Services, and they've now on-sold it to Sequoia, I think. Somebody's just bought it. And, Someone. Um, There's always a buyer out there. And it just – I never understood why Mark bought the business, but he waved a very large check under my nose in December 2007, and the markets peaked in November 2007. And so I was at a um, – starting my second retirement in – just after the GFC, and set about thinking, well, actually, maybe this financial advice business isn't rocket science. There must be some science to this. So I built this um, algorithm on paper all over my uh, home office walls as to how we might how it actually works. And the tech really wasn't there to make it work at the time, and I had no idea what, what a business model might look like to work around it. And so it lived in my bottom drawer for best part of five years. And then in 2014, um, I hit on the the answer that we could make this work. So I set about actually building it. So we launched in end of 2015, uh, 14? 14, end of 2014. So I, I spoke to a business the other day who is um, providing advice free of charge and they just charge for implementation. Are we talking so about, are gonna, we talking super fierce here? Are you going to have to change your marketing to away from the most affordable financial advice firm because of it? No, I think if you actually look at implementation, so when I talk about advice, um, the piece of paper that says you should do X is actually only a very minor part of the advice process. The real yes. the real bit that adds value to people's lives is putting it in place and guiding them through their process and then providing the ongoing management. And there is nobody else doing all of that yet. I'm sure we will. I'm sure lots of people will cotton onto this at some point. But right now, yeah. So I mean, I guess, I guess, for those of you who have heard about your story and hear you on Facebook saying how affordable you are, um, probably ninety nine point nine percent of the comments after that is, "When are you going to go broke?" Um, offering that service. <laughs> so is so, are you broke yet, or is that no? To- we, we, yeah, we we've doubled our revenue every year for the last five years, and this year we will Great. be above ten above ten million dollars this year in revenue. I was going to say double every year from $1 yeah. isn't actually that much revenue at, at the end of five years, but no. um, but uh, you're, do, you're doing okay. You're not going broke. So it's about 
about five this year probably. Okay, so all those advisors and brokers who are concerned about your your personal welfare, um, they can yeah. can alleviate their concerns. Yeah, I don't think they have to worry about the Scully fortune. Yeah, cool. Um, okay, so that's a good story about your business. The reason I've brought you on today is because I want to have a discussion around stepped and level premiums. Mm-hmm. It's a very hot button topic. People have got many, many strong opinions, which I know you and I both do mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I want to have a chat about kind of the ways of thinking about it. So in your business, you predominantly work with young clients. Yep. Is that fair to assume? Yeah, so almost all of our clients would be under under 40 definitely and many are under 30. And so, again, a big part of your client's recommendation is to implement insurance Absolutely. as well. Yeah, so majority of your clients are taking so, out insurance. Yeah, so super and insurance is, is sort of the gateway, the gateway to advice generally. Occasionally, yeah. you'll have someone who starts with a home loan and then moves into super and insurance. But generally, super and insurance is the entry point. Great. And so, let's have it. Let's start off the discussion around step versus mm-hmm. level. So, how do you guys manage that in your business? Um, we write very little level. In fact, I'm not sure we've actually written one in the last year. Um, and. There's a bunch of reasons behind that. I mean, we are completely agnostic because, um, I mean, we cap our commissions anyway. So getting more commission is neither here nor there. We um, obviously look at cost and affordability, both very critical elements for most of our people. And level obviously doesn't mean what it says on the pack. It's not actually level. It means no age-based increases. Yes. And that's not the same thing. So the br- – Yeah, but I mean, yeah, we, we talk to Australia Super Balance Fund and, and then, you know, there's many things in financial services that are not true to their name. That's true, but it does create a friction with clients. If you say I'm selling you a level premium and it goes up by 25% next year, they sort of ask questions – and it creates a friction point. But, you know, we always do the break-even analysis. And yeah. um, you know, these days we're seeing break-even periods of 30 years or more on just on a cash basis. And it's pretty difficult to, particularly for younger clients where the break-even periods are longer, it's pretty hard to say to a 25-year-old, you should pay 40% more this year so that you give you don't have age-based increases between now and 54 and it will take till 54 before you're cash better off, ignoring the time value of money, just on a cash basis, mm. cumulative premiums paid. Now, the big benefit of having that there is that when it starts getting I mean, really expensive okay. in your late 50s. Yeah, let me, let me just push back on that because it's, it's, Depends on how we're, you know, there's plenty of ways to skin a cat sure. and plenty of ways to run the numbers. And as advisors, I mean, anyone who deals with money, we're pretty good at having a, a philosophy mm-hmm. and something we believe in and we can fundamentally believe in and we can use the numbers to, mm-hmm. to prove that point. And, and so I guess I'll push back on that 30 year break even. It depends on how you skin a cat. And if you're, if we're talking about indexation, um, and it's indexing the whole, Sure. Life of the policy, then maybe we're getting closer to that thirty-year time frame. Um, but I wouldn't say it's a thirty-year. I'd say twenty-year. Definitely, well, sorry, to, we're getting closer. Yeah, to 20, twenty years is usually the point at which the annual premium exceeds the where the stepped premium exceeds the level premium, ignoring yes. indexation for a moment, which I'll come back yeah, to. Yeah, and then by the time you accumulate the recover the excess payment, yeah, you, you get to 30 yeah, years. Payments. Yeah. And yeah, when I talk yeah, about break-even, sure. I always talk cumulative. Yeah. So is this, you know, have we, has, what is the amount of money that's disappeared out of this person's super fund over 30 years? Um, yeah. It will, it, it over the period of the policy rather, it will generally, for younger people, it will generally take yeah. well into the 20s, if not close to 30. And, you know, I contrast that to when I started in this game where a typical break-even period might be 10 years or 12 years. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, even when I started, and I'm not yeah. like, you know, 85 <laughs> like you. And at that, so. at that point, 10 or 12 years 
is you know a very acceptable trade-off and in those days you know a lot of what i was writing was level and i think level was actually more level in than it is now too um, yeah that but and then we there was also some so-called true level policies that were actually level that's right and but as interest rates have come down and policy structures have changed we've now seen that break even period get longer and longer and longer and it really starts to deliver the benefit in the late 50s and where insurance can get outrageously expensive um, mm. so if you form the view that the client was going to need the same level of cover until their early 60s yeah um, you can get to a point where you go well that does make sense if the if you're saying, well, at age fifty-five, this just becomes so unaffordable. I know this client is not going to be able, not going to want to retain it, even though yeah. their lifetime cost of insurance has gone up. Yes, um, that's where it starts. Um, you know, that psychological benefit, um, and we'll always have this discussion. But you know, almost everybody will go, no, I am paying that. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's it's funny as advisors, like our opinion makes so much of an impact on clients because we it's we can't just say it's like in a vacuum. Clients will prefer stepped all the time because it is very dependent on our kind of our influence on the advisor. We have so much influence on we our do. advisors, yeah. and our opinion has so much weight. And so, you know, as I said, like we can we can pull the numbers to to fit our assumptions and our beliefs on what we think is important. Yeah, but I think there, there, is, there is an objective set of numbers here. How you present them, I agree. Okay. okay. How, how well, you present yeah, them, I okay. agree. Let's talk about these objective set yep. of numbers that you talk about because, uh, yeah, so our business, just to clarify, we do a lot of level for um, – for trauma and income protection. Yep. I mean, they're the now, two where you would we, you would be more likely to do it. We, we just have brackets, age brackets. So we just say over a certain age, we can go step to yep. level. Over a certain age, definitely stepped. Um, below a certain age, we, we really like level across the board. E- even for life and TBD, we'll do level for really young clients. Sorry, you said level for very young clients. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So the philosophy there is is debt in Australia theoretically, it makes sense that people are in a better financial position in their 60s than they are in their 30s mm-hmm. and lower debt levels. But statistically speaking, that's not the case. That hasn't been the case over the last 30 years. Debt levels have been increasing at at older age brackets. So to make the assumption that my clients are going to be in less debt in their 60s than they are today in their 30s when they've just bought their first house is Historically speaking, not going to actually be true because of because of the way our society yep. is. We just yep. keep on getting into more and more yep. debt. So my philosophy is the actual dollar value of their debt will probably be higher. Mm-hmm. Maybe not maybe not mid sixties, like closer to retirement, but definitely mid fifties. Yep. They're going to be in the the dollar value of that debt is going to be much higher than it is today. Um, and so we, I take a bet and I say, okay, 30 years time, will they be in more debt? Answer is pro- probably yep. yes, based on, based on what history has shown us in terms of, um, debt levels for older Australians. Um, and so that's why I'm pretty comfortable, even for, um, life and TBD to, to do on level for those young clients. Now, above, and when I say young clients, I mean below 30, um, is, is what we look at. Above that, it's kind of a, Take it or leave it. Um, but but the other thing when you say numbers are objective, cumulative premiums, that's an objective number mm. we can talk about. I guess my pushback in terms of like if, we, if we're arguing step versus level, which to, to, my other stance is I never pay my clients premiums, so I don't really care what they do. Mm. They'll make it. They'll make an inform. I just want to inform them Correct. and they make a decision. That's our job. Yeah. Um, and so, but, but the cumulative premium impact as the number to, to staple and say this is why we think stepped is better than level is also a little bit can be a little bit disingenuous if you are paying all of it through super and not making any contributions then it's 
you're, you're probably even understating the cost because of that loss of investment returns isn't even factored into the cumulative mm-hmm. premiums. But if some of it's paid through cash flow, I mean, I would love to do a model on the amount of money I've spent at McDonald's yes. and the cumulative money I've spent at McDonald's would be wild. I don't even go to McDonald's very often. Um, but we don't do that in anything else in our life. Well, the media does it about coffee every day of the week. Well, they do, but, but they do it as a, as a future limiting. It's that, that limits your future ability to, to get something. Um, but but there's, there's very few things we talk about cumulative costs in, in, yeah. in yeah. things. I mean, I take your point past. about the non-super bit because you know, would the person otherwise have saved this money in, yeah, or, in, in order to provide for the higher premiums in their 50s? Mm. In super, the analysis is a little different because they are in effect saving it and they're investing it at 8% or whatever. Um, yeah. So looking at the cumulative number out of super because what you're looking at is, well, what's the net effect of all of this by age 60? And mm. so from a super perspective, it probably is the key metric because you're not worried about cash flow. Yes. Because it's... But, but we also do assume we're not contributing any money. Well, no, I don't think that changes the, the analysis. Uh, it does, but if we contribute... To super to cover all the costs of insurance premiums. But all you're doing is moving it from one pocket to another. You're not actually changing the, the net cost. No, you're changing the net impact on your super balance. You are, but you're not changing. So the- there will there will have an it, it will have a nil impact on your super balance. Therefore, the the cash flow impact question is still the same. Like, so if it's two thousand dollars I'm putting into super, I just don't spend that two thousand dollars on McDonald's. Yeah, but you could achieve the same thing by ha- making a level contribution to your super fund. And get and pay step premiums and pay step premiums and get to the yeah. same NPV effect. So I think yes, when yeah, you're looking get, at super, I, I think the analysis is slightly different. But absolutely, I agree with you that an individual who say you say, well, look, you're going to pay less now, and you really need to start putting some of it aside to pay for the much higher premium you're going to pay in your late fifties. Nobody's going to do that, and so yes. that's where psychology becomes important. But yeah, yeah. there are other ways of managing the really expensive premiums, and I know because I pay them. Um, <laughs> and so I, as an eighty-five-year-old, yeah, <laughs> massive. So I've been stepping down my income protection benefit amount every year since I turned fifty to try and mm. keep the premium the same, and that's just how I've chosen to manage it. I choose not to give up the policy because I've got an old agreed value policy. That's um, very attractive, but it's getting that just went up by hundred percent. Yeah, it just got really expensive, <laughs> um, and so there are different ways of skinning the cat. But getting back to your point about um, rising debt levels, um, I'm not sure that debt level is a particularly valuable metric when it comes to working out how much insurance you should have, um, because your loss is effectively income to you would otherwise have retired. Well, yeah. So, 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 so just, you would net, just you, to clarify something. What, the way we think about levels of cover ne- needed is: what's your loss of income between now and retirement? So, that's your aging loss. will will bring that down. But from so in your fifties, it's going to be much less than in your thirties. However, we've got to factor in increasing income over sure. that over that period. So that 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 actual level of cover may not come down that much. Correct. So I think I think about loss of income and debt. They're really the two metrics we look at when we talk about. Um, and I would argue needs. that debt is only relevant when you move to a number that's less than the loss of income. So when so when you insure your car, the first question you ask is, "Well, how much is this car worth?" Not how much does it cost me to garage it. So yeah, when I'm looking at a a, an individual, I say, well, what is your loss? Your loss here is the money you would otherwise have earned before you would otherwise have retired. And yes. that, that sets the effectively the upper limit on how much cover you should have because that's the loss. Anything more than that is, is a betterment. Yeah. And now I say, well, if that's more than you're prepared to spend, now we go, well, which bits of this should we start cutting? But the loss is the loss. It doesn't matter whether you've got a million-dollar home loan or a $500,000 home loan. The loss is still the same. Yeah, but, but, but we're talking about, I mean, we could be talking 
we're getting really nitty gritty here, but we if we talk about life insurance cover, we personally don't cover the deceased partner's income till age sixty five because we don't think that's necessary to cover that, even though that is technically a loss because there's a reduced expenses to the household yep. for, for because you don't have a mouth to feed. Um, so, like for life cover, we factor in debt and we factor in a small, like a several years of loss of income. Oh, after tax, after mortgage payment mm. income. Okay. Whereas so so what we, is we actually look at the loss side of it and go, well, what is your loss? Your loss is the loss of income less the decrease in expenses. So, we said, well, how much do we have to have to generate the equivalized household income that you would otherwise have had? And that's your loss. Now, yeah. now, you may choose not to cover all of that loss because you might take a view, well, look, the widow's going to get married again in five years or the kids are going to be off their hands so they don't actually need all of that. But that's what the loss is and that's always got to be your starting point. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're touching into like the, the level of cover, which talk to 10 advisors and you'll get 10 different answers as to what the level of cover is important because there isn't one way um, to, to factor it in. Again, this kind of comes back to my philosophy of like, us advisors, we do have a big like influence on our clients and as long as we have a sound methodology, then then it can be reasonable. Now, it's it's got to be a reasonable methodology. So, our, our life insurance, the way we think about life insurance is we want to cover 10 years of income minus tax that you pay on your income minus your mortgage repayments and we want to clear the mortgage. So, 10 years may not be enough. So, that loss, we may be understating what the actual loss is. 10 years may be too much. We're paying off a mortgage, which, as you said, is is not their quantified loss, but it's just a level of cover that you think about. So, our personal philosophy is we take into debt into account because I know for Kate, my wife, I don't want her to have a mortgage, a home loan if I pass away. And we can quantify that loss in income as well. So, for us, we do factor. But the loss of income should always exceed the debt. Yeah, but they're not mutually exclusive the way we think about it. It's not one or the other. Well, well, you end up with a, a betterment. But, but So this is getting a bit of a bit off the sidetrack, as you say. Um, yeah. The question was, Do I am I going to have the same required cover in 20 years' time as I have now? Yes. Um, and the answer is your income protection requirement is probably going to go up as your income goes up. Yeah. And you're almost certainly going to need to keep that for as long as you're working or as long as you need to work to achieve your goals and pay the bills. Um, yeah. The lump sum c- covers um, life in particular potentially falls as your future income reduces. Um, TPD will go up for a while as your income rises and will then start falling as you get closer to retirement. Um, Trauma could very well go up as cost of living goes up and your lifestyle goes up and your income goes up. And trauma is actually becoming a much more supplement to IP than it used to be. So with a lot of the changes to IP, trauma is becoming more and more important in, That's right. You're not getting six months worth yeah. of payments just because you had cancer on your so, IP as yeah. well as a trauma. So, um, and particularly for women, where they there are a lot of illnesses and things that happen to women that may not take away their ability to work, but is likely to take away their desire to work, and are likely to require emotional support from their partner, which means they may not be able to work as well. So trauma is particularly important for women and is likely to get larger as you get older. Yeah, and just, I mean, statistically speaking, the level of claim is higher yeah. as well. So, um, so, so, And so, I mean, this is why I kind of, like just going back into the step first level. <laughs> which is the point, the point of the discussion. Um, the point of the discussion is step to the level, which one is, which one's right, which one's wrong, uh, I guess is the outcome. No, just kidding. They're both right. They're both wrong. Uh, I think we can agree on that. Um, well, they both have their, they both have their place, but the trade-offs you've got to make today are bigger than the trade-offs you had to make 20 years ago. So, so the, yes, so the, definitely. So the, and we can all agree so, on that. So, so the trade-off that says, 
um, I'm going to invest money today in order to be able to afford my insurance when I get older. And over my lifetime, I will pay more on stepped, all other things being equal, if I keep it till retirement. Yes. But in order to get that, I have to invest more today and I have to trade off some flexibility because I've now invested money to pay that excess at the end, which means there's an economic disincentive to change insurers or change policies as they, as I get older and my circumstances change. So what yeah. what's right for a young professional white-collar worker may not still be right for them in their 40s or 50s if they've had a, maybe a career change or they've changed their activities. And when you say right, you mean level of cover or insurance provider? The terms and conditions of the policy, because obviously this is not purely about price. Um, you know, the distinction between choosing one insurer over another, particularly in IP these days, is becoming much more of a differentiated product offering, whereas yeah. 15 years ago, there was much more similarity of policies between insurers. Yeah, my view is we'll get back there. I mean, it's just going to take insurers a little bit of time to potentially to, to get yeah. back there, but it will be there in two years' time. Yeah, but in the meantime, you are effectively locking yourself into a single product by economic, not yeah. not legally, so you, not legally, but by yeah, economic. Yeah. So that, that, that's your argument to say that maybe the level's not great because you're locking yourself yeah. into a provider. Now, sometimes that can be however, locked in good and sometimes it can be locked in however, bad. However, yeah, if we talk a year ago and you say the exact same thing, I would say, well, why wouldn't I want to potentially be yeah. locked into a better contract? Well, and, you know, locked in through choice, you're locking the insurer into keeping that that contract for me. Because I guess the argument for level um, and against stepped and, and what I kind of think about a lot is people rarely get healthier. True. People rarely get less exclusions on terms. True. Underwriting has not over the last 15 years been easier. We're only getting more exclusions. Like the amount of mental health exclusions that were placed 15 years ago compared to today would be ridiculously small compared to yeah. what they are today. But they're the same whether you choose level of premium, level or step at the time. What, it, what yes. all it changes is your optionality in the future and exactly. you are retaining optionality by staying stepped and you are foregoing some of that optionality because you've got this economic incentive to stay where you are. That's right. Whether, whether you're able to replace it or not is sort of academic and unpredictable 20 years out. It is, I, mean, it, I mean, insurance is all about statistics. True. So statistically, if it's going to be harder to get the, the same terms of the contract in the future than it is today, then statistically speaking, you want to likely, you will likely want to keep this contract more in 20 years' time than you will today because the terms will be different in terms of exclusion. But they could be so better. Be, they could be different, better, or different, worse. But look at the quality of policies now compared to the 20 years ago. They yeah. are generally better policies than they were 20 years ago. Well, yeah, let's talk. Apart, up, up to last, up to last October. Yeah, let's talk up to months. October, policies on the whole were better policies than... So insurers mm. were constantly rolling but you, out. But your trade-off is your terms are getting worse. So I guess I guess the, the discussion is if in the future you can't get the same terms in terms of um, like exclusions and loadings on the mm. policy, if you're going to get a mental health exclusion in 10 years' time, 15 years' time, for a better definition on your cancer, on your trauma policy for cancer, will you make that move? Maybe, maybe not. But it, But what you're doing is you are keeping the op optionality to do that. You, you don't have to exercise that option, but you are keeping the option. But I option. guess the, the downside the downside is you can't you can't go back and say actually I really wanted level back 15 years oh, ago because I can't change it now. But that so yeah, that's but that that's the yeah, issue. But, but if you've gone into the you've made that you've got to make a decision 
today at the inception of your policy. Yes. Yeah. Do I buy this particular policy? Having concluded that this particular policy is the right answer and that particular level of cover with that particular insurer is the correct answer today, I now have a choice to make. I can buy level or I can buy stepped. That's right. And that decision does not affect all of those other issues you've just spoken about. That that your choice... But it it does. Your ability... But you're talking about optionality in the future. You're saying stepped gives you optionality in the future. Well, so it, you're, it, you're gives you more, it gives decisions. you more. You can't say you more one option gives you better options in the future, and that's a that's a that's a buying decision. And then to say the other option is bad because it doesn't. No, that's not what I said. It doesn't. No, what I said is that I've got a choice. I can hmm. choose having selected a product and a level of cover. Yes, yes, I now yes. have a choice. Yeah. Final choice is yeah, step, step to level. level. And if I choose stepped, yes. You're thinking about the future I'm, ramifications. I'm, I'm trading. Of I'm trading off. So if I choose stepped, the immediate decision I'm making is I'm going to pay less this year than level. Than level in exchange yes. for at some point in the future paying more because I've got older. Yeah. And by doing by choosing level at that point. I'm investing some dollars every year, being the difference between the stepped and level premium, in order to avoid potentially very high, potentially unaffordable premiums at the back end of my policy. Yeah. And that investment in protecting this future is an economic disincentive to move. Yes. That decision does not impact on the probability of you being able to get a better policy or not in the future. None of that changes. What it does do, though, is mean that you have a much higher financial hurdle in making the move later on. No, but but I guess what I'm saying is is in both buying decisions, step to level, you need to think about the future. Correct. In both buying decisions, because it's a long term. Yeah, but you made the same decision. So, having so, bought this policy, no, we're talking about that at the buying yeah, stage. At, at, at the, buying the buying stage, stage you need to look I, at the. Future. I've got to make a decision as to do I pay more money now in yes, order to avoid pay paying less? a potentially unaffordable number 20, 25, 30 years down the track. Yes, but and and I guess you're saying a, a influence on the stepped and why someone may choose stepped and why you encourage your clients to do so is because it because of low interest rates because of um, you know level is not true level like there are all yeah. these things that are considerations but but one consideration is that it gives you options in the future. Well, no, it doesn't change the options in the future. Your choice of how you pay for this doesn't change that analysis. No, but what you're saying is stepped premiums allows you to have options to move in the future. Well, it creates a level it creates a lo- it creates a lower economic barrier to making those choices. Yes, yes, but that but that's a that's a part of a buying decision, and why stepped yeah. in your eyes is a is a positive because it gives you more options Correct. to move in the future. And I was that, saying that, that to to effectively try and distinguish that decision from your the probability of whether or not you could in fact change policies because your health has deteriorated. And that your ability to obtain alternative insurance is not impacted by your choice of premium structure when you take out the initial policy. That's driven by industry changes, it's driven by your health changes, and that is completely irrelevant to whether or not it- you made that choice at the beginning. No, but it, but all, yeah, and and I disagree. I think it has a it has a decision. It it has an impact on your decision today. Uh, sorry, no, what, that, that, that's not no, that's not have. the point I made. I'm saying that whether or not you choose level or stepped today has no impact on whether or not you could change insurers twenty years down the track. It increases the hurdle as to whether it's worth doing or not but it doesn't impact on whether or not you are able to get alternative terms. 
Okay. Don't you agree? I think. Well, because that's the important. What you're saying, I'm saying. You're saying. Help me understand this a bit more. You're saying it doesn't impact your ability to move in the future. It just increases the difficulty of moving. Correct. Because your yes. ability to get, but that impacts your ability to change in the future. If it, if it's, no, no, if but, one's but, more difficult, no, no. What I'm saying, your ability to obtain alternative insurance twenty years in the tra- in, down the road, like, can yes. you actually get someone to make you an offer? Yes, is unchanged based on the premium structure you take today. That's right. Yeah. So we can both agree with by that. Your decision, now, by your decision yeah. today, should be impacted by any potential future changes no. in contract terms. No, because you get that on both things. So all we're trying to look at here is whether or not you could obtain alternative terms from somebody in the future, which is purely driven by the industry and your health. It's, it's yes. academic whether you what policy you started with, and it's academic how you chose to pay for it. 20 years down the track, your ability to obtain alternative cover is impacted solely by the availability at the time and your health at the time. That's right. That's right. And so that's not a reason to choose level or stepped. I'm sure this. I'm sure everyone listening to this is either incredibly frustrated with you or incredibly frustrated with me because we are not hearing each other properly, and either I'm an idiot or you're no, an idiot I, or we're I, both I, idiots. I think we just because we, because you're saying that your your ability in the future is is what it is in the future, yeah. and your cho- and, and your choice of your decision at the buying stage. Well, that particular aspect of the buying decision doesn't come into your choice of step or level. And I fundamentally disagree because future impacts should be should be dis, should be thought about yeah. or I'm, yeah, I'm not saying that at no, the buying no. stage. But your argument was that level there was a reason to choose level because you might not be able to get alternative cover in the future. Correct. And I'm saying that's nonsense. Absolute nonsense yeah. because your ability yeah. to get cover in the future is not impacted, whatever, by your choice yeah. of premium at day one. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I so hear that, you correctly. But, so, but, so, but I disagree with you. Sorry, you just agreed with me that your ability, no, 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 your I, ability to obtain alternative cover 20 years in the future is not impacted by your choice of premium structure today. You're right. The future is not impacted by today, but today should be thought about Absolutely. the future. And that's, what I'm, that's where we're going. And that's what I'm saying. So you're saying your, your, your choice today to choose level is nonsense to think about your ability to obtain other cover in the future. I'm saying that because your ability to obtain a total cover in the future is not impacted by your choice of premium structure today, it's not a relevant factor in choosing your premium structure yeah, that's right, and and we oh, we just agree. We we no no no. We disagree fundamentally. Disagree. Statistically, it's going to be harder for me to obtain. Yeah, we know that, and we're both agreeing with that. And we're both so saying that, should... that that statistical change is independent yes. of whether you choose premium or step today. No, but it means that if I pick stepped because I want to move insurers. No, no, no. no that, that's not what insurers. I said. That's not what I said. No, I'm not saying that's yeah. what you're saying. I'm I'm saying this. If I pick step today because I think I want to change insurers or terms or have flexibility in the future and I can't do it, then the 40-year-old me who then is locked to that insurer can't go back to the 25-year-old me and say actually pick level. Correct. So that and that yeah, is a consideration for a 25-year-old me to think about. No, I think about, you're, you're, is no, my you're, confusing, you're confusing two things there. You're confusing the actual choice to make the change or having the ability to make the change. And Everyone's got the ability to make any change. I'm, I'm yeah. not confusing that. I know everyone can cancel a policy whenever they want, however they want, but we're talking about your ability to move yeah. on for a like-for-like like yeah, But look change. at the other way. You go, if, if I start a policy today, yeah. whether or not I could feasibly change that policy in 20 years' time, 
is independent of what premium structure I choose because it's based on my health and the industry at the time. You would agree with yes. that? Well, no, I don't. I think it needs to impact your buying so, decision. Just, just stick to the point. The point of looking forward 20 years. Yes. What affects the availability of alternatives? It's yes. your health and the industry. The yes, availability, so, when, so not, not your, uh, your willingness. When I am to, in 20 years' time, yeah. has my buying decision back 20 years ago impacted my decision there? No, that's not, that's not the point. Just look at the point about whether what impacts on the availability of alternatives in 20 years' time. It's your health yes. and the industry. Yes. And economics, but it's got nothing to yes. do with what choice you made today. It's just the availability yes. of an alternative, whether that alternative is better or worse, is my ability to obtain an alternative yes. product is independent of what I buy today. Yes. Okay. Now, let's stick with that for a moment, now that we've agreed with that bit. The, so... The probability of you being able to obtain future alternative cover is independent of which premium you choose today. Your ability to actually exercise that option changes because of this economic disincentive to make the change. I think you're trying to make a point that and and again, and, and this is the whole part of the mm. discussion here, step versus level, and this is why everyone yells at each other all the time <laughs> about it. But um, I think the point you're trying to make is that that the ability to move in the future shouldn't impact your buying decision today. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that the choice to go level today yes affects your ability to actually exercise what option might or might not be available in 20 years' time. Of course. Yeah, the downside of level is if I move in the future, I've paid True. more for no benefit. Yeah. And, the, and, and what I'm saying is the downside of stepped is that if I can't move, I am then stuck on the stepped premiums with that insurer. Yes. If I, if I choose not to move because Correct. of the contract yep. terms determines that yep. I can't do it I, I, and I can't then go back to the insurer and say, hey, actually, I was Correct. I changed but that's my mind. A, that's an acceptance now. of... But they're both, but, but, we're both, but we both understand that you accept this trade-off yeah, on both. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't think anyone's disagreeing but, with that. But I, I think when you said that my philosophy was nonsense... No, no, I said your or, statement that, that okay, your choice of nonsense. premium today affected your availability of alternatives in the future and that's just nonsense okay and okay. that's not so a reason that's not a reason okay. we're going we're going into semantics here but let's go back to what i said there are pluses and minuses yes. of both stepped premiums means that i can move insurers in the future well there's a lower threshold to moving insurers yeah yeah the, the, there's a yeah okay so level in level premiums means that financial disincentive to move in the future because i'm paying extra premiums yep. for no benefit Step premiums means that if I don't get the same terms or better terms elsewhere, then I'm effectively stuck to either dot to stay with that insurer. But you're stuck either unless way. Unless I want to take. You're stuck either way. Because the only reason you can't move is you can't get covered. And you can't get covered yes. whether or not you bought stepped or level. That's the only point I'm making. That's right. That's right. But at 40 year old Phil, who set up a policy at 25, can't then go back to the insurer and say, hey, now I am stuck. Can I go back and, and lock in level? To, to get that long-term economic benefit. And, I'm, and that's why I'm saying that there are pluses and minuses for both that have a long-term impact yes, on your contract we and both your agree ability with, to I think move. we both agree with that. And so, therefore, those pluses and minuses needs to be factored in when you're making a decision to choose yeah. stepped or level. Yes. and I'm, but, but you're saying that the future... Well, my understanding of what you said is that future downside of, of level being stuck with the insurer from a medical point of view and from a terms point of view is a nonsense philosophy. No. Or a nonsense no, no, statement. No, 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 that's not quite. Because it shouldn't be factored no, in. Because no, no, that's not what I'm Whether saying. it can no, change or no. not. What I'm saying is that the, that the fundamental choice on step to level is am I prepared to pay more today? to avoid higher premiums in the future. 
that's your decision. And yes. the that decision has no impact on whether or not you could get alternative terms in the future. And, and but, but I'm making, but, but more, I am making an irrevocable. But I guess what I'm saying is there's more. There's more than just the economics. Because the good thing about step parent, the great thing is you can move insurers whenever you want, however you want. Well, if you if you can get alternative your ability to move, if you can get alternative. No, but that but that's a positive to step. Yes. And so that's got nothing to do with an economic benefit. It's just got the ability, the freedom to be able to move, and therefore it's a benefit. Yeah. But it's not a straight economic benefit being able to move. So what I'm saying is like you can't just say it's just it's all down to the numbers. Let's just think about the numbers, pick step or level based on the numbers because it's not because your freedom to move policies is a massive benefit for stepped and why people should definitely consider step premiums. And, and I agree with that, yep. On the inverse, your ability to get terms in the future could and I would argue should have an impact on your buying decision where the level of premiums is better for you. So it's not just a pure numbers game. What does the Excel spreadsheet tell us it's, is better? And you, and you alluded to this before because it is, as we know, it's a psychological thing as well. You know, my premiums, you know, at age 50 is 80 grand. Am I going to want to pay 80 grand at age, at age 59? Well, no, I won't, I won't do yeah, that. Be, but yeah. the level premiums... And we all know level premium projections are complete false, especially in the last few years. But, you know, in the level premiums, okay, it's gone up by inflation or, or indexation, but it's still a reasonable level. So there is a psychological Absolutely. impact as well. So what I'm saying is stepped and level, I guess your what I'm hearing is your argument is it's a numbers and it's it's well, a numbers game. It's just pure economics. Well no. And all I'm saying no, is no, no, not, it's, no, it's I don't broader think I'm than that. I'm saying that You did say that. Let's go back well, to the recording. I mean, it is it is <laughs> significantly influenced by the numbers because the trade-off the consumer is making is, do I pay more today to avoid a probably yes. unaffordable number when I'm 59? Yes. That's your trade-off. And yes. now that that premium for that benefit has got so much higher, it's a much higher threshold to adopt that alternative, particularly when you also make your threshold for moving higher. And that's really where this comes down to me. In the days when that was 10, 12 years, it was an easy trade-off to make because 10 years ain't very long in the scheme of things. And if you start at 25, you're only 35 after 10 years and now you're already realizing the benefits of the decision that 25-year-old Phil made. And yeah. that's an easy thing to, for a consumer to get their head around. 10 years ain't very long. To take the same view and says, I'm going to pay more every year for the next 20 years in order to come out ahead of the game when I'm in my late 50s. That's asking a lot from 25-year-old Phil. It's not asking quite so much from... 45-year-old Phil, and at 45, your break-even period is much shorter and you're much closer to those really expensive years. So if, if, so that, if I was talking to 45-year-old Phil, we'd probably be having a different discussion. But when I'm dealing largely with younger people with 20-plus year break-even periods, it's a really tough argument to go, you should spend this extra money today in order to save money when you're 55 plus, when we don't really know that this will still be the right policy for you then or that you'll even need this cover. That's an easier argument in relation to IP than in relation to life and it's probably an easier decision in relation to trauma. But those trade-offs to me are now so extreme that it's very hard to find a consumer who's mentally astute enough to do that, or to accept that trade-off. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but it, but it <laughs> I guess, I mean, my frustration 
is that you say that with such a level of confidence that it's so hard that once a client understands everything and is fully made aware that they will never choose level, which is just not true because consumers are using are choosing level, advisors are, made, are crunching the numbers and choosing level as well. And so I guess, you know, if I'm to read through the lines, and I don't think you're saying this, but but it comes across as that it's it's in the advisor's best interest to to recommend level and that's kind of why we're looking at it. No, that's not what I'm saying. So, okay, then then the advisors. I mean, advisors obviously got a best interest duty, which I'm sure everybody in the industry is achieving with their clients. That's not the point. I was. Yeah. yeah okay. With. Okay. The next the next thing is is your point you're making that that the advisors that are choosing level are just uninformed. No, they may well have different client bases. Um, well, okay. I mean, if, if, if we were if we were advisors with the yeah. same client, if we were sitting in the US and we were selling term policies. That will be a completely different analysis because that actually is really level, and you don't have the added complexity of trying to explain why someone's level policy just went up by twenty five percent. But that's right. But I mean, that's why. I mean, I get. I guess my my hesitation is when you talk in such absolutes is always a little bit grating yeah, if you have a different yeah. philosophy. Yeah, and um, I, because, yeah, because I don't I don't agree with you in in some of these areas. Um, I know for my business, it. We do quite a bit of level. We talk to the clients about about the different options, and and they choose level still. We give them a step quote. We t- give we show them projections, and we say, well, "What do you want?" Um, and they still choose level because a you know thousand dollar premium, a total premium versus a two and a half grand premium, which is like I mean our average premium is like three thousand three hundred, and a lot of it's on level, like. Even if there are rate rises, I know my clients are going to go back and talk to their 25-year-old selves and say, actually, that was still probably a good buying decision because guess what? If we're putting money into super to cover these premiums, I've just got less money in my bank account that's going to afterpay or going <laughs> to buy, yeah. buy a new outfit. Like that's, that's really the buying decision that a lot of my yeah. clients yeah. make. So to say invest more into insurance and yes, it is difficult and and as a business, I kind of, I would love to do level and and rewrite policies because increasing policies. You mean stepped for clients? Oh, sorry, yes, yeah, sorry, stepped. I would love to do stepped and and look at other providers because going back to an existing provider and say, hey, we want to increase someone's IP by you know fifteen grand income. Uh, here, here's a paper application. Good <laughs> luck. That's what we've got yeah. to do because we and because I fundamentally believe. Um, level or stepped doesn't uh, isn't a factor in this, but I fundamentally believe this shopping around insurers until insurers get a much more efficient underwriting process, which we're a long yep, way away absolutely. from that, and and the cost to acquire a new policyholder from insurers becomes significantly less. The whole ecosystem pays for shopping mm-hmm. around. So, like my business spends a lot more time in servicing my existing clients. Um, that are on level premiums because I fundamentally say to every client, I don't believe shopping around is is in your long term best interest, and that's why we we do what we do. And and you know I we change all the time. Like I change my philosophies on a regular basis. I sit down with my advisors and we talk about okay, do we really want to do level premiums? Like re rates all the time. Do we want to do this? And we we adjust kind of our parameters of what we think is reasonable all the time. We adjust our levels of cover for clients all the time. Um, so we're always thinking about it. How do we how do we serve our clients the best? But to come out, and this is why it's such a, a charged topic, is because it isn't absolute. And that's why I get frustrated when people talk in such absolutes about things. It's like it just isn't. Um, there there are there are a, no absolutes. A numbers game. Yeah, there are no absolutes in anything finance. I would absolutely agree with that. And um, but I just keep coming back to the decision that we're asking someone to make is: Am I prepared to pay more for twenty years in order to avoid a potentially ruinously expensive premium? 30 years down the track. Mm. And 
that's and I guess and uh, yeah, and I guess I look at it as a more more holistically, not not as a as a slight on you. <laughs> As I think I'm so much better, I do it holistically and you just look at the numbers. No, I think about it as more like like holistically looking at it and going, what is the likelihood of getting better terms? Like is underwriting getting easier no. or is it getting harder? Is like are terms getting better or worse? Yes, historically they've gotten better but now they're a lot worse. Like so all these things like we – I think the way I think about it is more – on mass, what what are these things to consider? And and they could be wrong, um, because. But the reason I do it is because I don't know my individual client circumstance in twenty years. That's right, and you know some of this we, so, we will never know the answer to this until you know we've that fifty six year old Phil walks into the office and says, "Actually, my insurance got really expensive. Now I want to cancel." Um, exactly, and, yeah. and so is cancelling the right answer uh, in my personal capacity where I am making this trade off personally. I've just been reducing my pre- my cover every year since I turned 50 to try and maintain my mm. premium. And that, I mean, that's obviously a hindsight justification for why I did, well, not why I did what I did, but that's my ability yeah, yeah. to manage the decision I made 20 years ago. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's so funny because like, and this is why I just keep going back to our own personal experience influences our clients so much because like for me, I set up my policies at 25. My policies is like, I don't know, I've got $3 million of life and TBD, IP and trauma and it's like two and a half grand and like I could never get that better today no. and that's all on level premiums and so I and so that experience has influenced my and you bought it when And you though, bought it when the break-even periods were much shorter. Yes, but there's re-rates. There are re-rates sure. today to factor in some of those some of those things, and and even still with those re-rates, it still influences my buying decision, um, and and helps me influence my clients make that buying same buying decision. Um, but it, yeah, it's just very interesting because yeah, we just have so much influence as advisors in terms of our philosophies because it's not simple. It's not no, it's not dollars and cents. I mean, if it if it was, because, we could have a machine do this, and oh, and it would be so good. I tell everyone in my team, I wish a robot could replace them tomorrow. Um, and uh, you know, not good for staff morale, but but um, yeah. but yeah, that's why it's so interesting. And, and you know, the, and that's why it is so charged with these yeah. these different kind of topics. And you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that there are no circumstances when it makes sense. I'm broadly saying that most younger people. It's a trade-off they're not prepared to make, and we're giving yeah. them. Well, we should give them the option, but I can't recall the last time we we wrote a, a level premium. I used to do it all the time, but um, mm. I can't recall in the last. I'm trying to think whether if we went through our book, how many we'd find? Probably not very many. Mm. And if there are, they will be IP or trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this has been a great topic. Um, I hope people have stuck <laughs> with us because uh, we ran around in circles a little bit. Um, and but it's good discussion. I always love um, having robust discussions with people much smarter than me. So you thanks, mean grump, for grumpy, grumpy old buggers. Oh, grumpy old <laughs> buggers um, who are okay with me calling them eighty-five, even though they're nowhere near that. Um, so, two questions before we leave: What is an interesting hobby that you have? Hmm. I I'm a cycler now that I can't actually run anymore. Um, so I used to run, cycle, and swim, and now I can only cycle and swim. So you're in the in the lycra in the sexy am, lycra yes. on the weekends. I'm, I'm a a mammal. What uh, what bike do you have? I've got a um, a look five five eight. I think it's a- okay. Oh, it's a look know, anyway. Um, it's yeah, white. Sure. And I it started some of the main brands. And because bikes have changed in the last five years to go to square sections rather than round sections, it's actually starting to look its age. I might have to buy another one. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, the next question, when do you get a chance to do your emails? Do you do them all through the day? Do you section out some time of the day? Um, I'm a bit of a reactor. I'm looking at my inbox now. I have two hundred and sixteen thousand one hundred and sixty-four unread emails in my inbox. Oh my goodness, that would drive me mental. You've, there's an archive button, Vince. You, you can use it, but that just <laughs> makes them harder to find because now you have to look in two places. Uh, awesome. All right, cool. This has been a really good chat. Thank you so much for um, taking the time to jump on and have a chat. Thank you, Phil. 
It's been great. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Ciao. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this episode and you think someone else will get value out of it, I'd love it if you could forward it on to them. And as always, we can continue the conversation in the My Risk Advisor Facebook group. All you need to do, open up Facebook and search My Risk Advisor and I'll see you in there.